millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. If you're worried about the future, you're not the only one. Right now, there's an overwhelming surge of Americans who are stocking up on emergency food. Should you be one of them? Ask yourself, do you currently have enough food on hand to get you and your family through a prolonged crisis that lasts months? If not, you should strongly consider getting a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company, and they've served millions of American families. Right now, save 100 off their best-selling three-month emergency food kit, which comes with breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. This kit gives you over 2,000 calories a day, and the food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage. But if you act now, you, may not, you, may, you might not secure these kits. Head over to preparewithdnr.com and claim your three-month emergency food kit as this special price. You'll save $100 per kit, but you must act today while supplies last. That's preparewithdnr.com. All right, folks. Welcome to ninoscorner.tv. I'm joined with Gary Wayne, author of Genesis 6 Conspiracy, How Secret Societies and the Descendants of Giants in Genesis 6 Plan to Enslave humankind humanity and this really intrigues me man i am so curious to learn more about this because um i've always had questions about the nephilim the anunnaki how this all plays out we're watching it right now actually play out uh with the the uh, i have to make hand signals in case i put this on youtube so you know the the enslavement currently taking place under medical tyranny um and which is very obvious to see now we can all see this new world order uh developing right before our eyes am i right in saying that oh absolutely it is uh there's there's a there's, there's an expression in the bible called nothing new under the sun so you see the sort of ebb and flow and rise and so the question gets to be is where are we in an end time prophecy if we are in the end time or not and that i also kind of look at the new world order in a little bit different sort of scenario is, is i link it back to what i would call the nephilim world order and so that i think that's one of the things that we need to understand as we come out as we sort of look at where we are in the world and what is really going on because everything that we understand today comes out of history and prehistory everything's built on that over time and so i think we're very much looking at a time that would appear to be the fig tree generation that Matthew 24 and Mark 15 talk about and that we're not in the last seven years, but I think we see things on the horizon that we've not seen sort of grouped together, whether or not it's technology, knowledge, geopolitical setup, the whole sort of scenario seems to be coming together, but not together there yet. And when we look at what's going on today, it fits into part of the beginning of sorrows the birth pangs and that they're going to get stronger as we go so we ought to expect that this is going to be more and that this would, is go ahead would you say this is maybe revelations uh we're not quite there yet we're still in 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 the beginning of sorrows as jesus talks about and i tend to put from a, as a christians i tend to put all prophecy around what jesus said not vice versa okay so he gives you the chronology and he gives you 
the beginning of sorrows as part of the overarching signs for the chronological events that he provides thereafter. And he also provides two other overarching signs after all of the chronology is presented with the fig tree generation and as in the days of Noah. So I think what we're saying going on, I was just going to finish and this might resonate with people is that we are entering in what I would call the post-constitutional and human rights scenario and required requisite, I guess that's redundant, but the requisite to bring about the horrible things that would bring about the end time, which include a world government and a totalitarian worldwide religion. Yeah, it's, um, and we could see it playing out right now. It's just, it's really horrific to watch, you know? Um, and I've always told people when I, when, you know, I said, this is coming from a higher order. This is a hierarchy. This is coming from something I believe outside the human, the human race or, you know, entities and principalities in the spiritual realm. But where do you, you know, where do the giants really fit into all this? I mean, I have so many questions about this subject. I mean, I, I don't even know where to get started off. My first What's question so being this, my first question being this, where do the giants fit into this? And how is this history hidden from us? Yeah, they're very good questions. And the difficulty when you say, where, you know, where do you start with it is because the topic is so big and it's so deep and it's so pervasive. So you have to sort of take kind of a logical kind of approach and understand that there's a lot of things that you can't always sort of fit in and, and, and get into a conversation because there's just so many topics. One of the things that I would communicate to people is that if you want to understand prophecy, if you want to understand end time prophecy, you have to understand the context. And the context comes all out of prehistory and history. So much of the allegories and the understanding comes from what happened in prehistory with the angelic rebellion and with the creation of the giants and the creation of the Adamites, which is the resolution to the angelic rebellion. It just has to play out through free, through free choice. But specifically is where do the giants fit in? They were created uh, in Genesis 6 in the preamble before the flood. Noah's flood. This, Noah's flood. Noah's flood. Yes. That uh, they were created before the flood um, as a violation against the laws of creation, as the book of Enoch would talk about, and perhaps a violation through the oath and the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit to create these beings on Mount Hermon that were designed to lead humankind into oblivion. So when we look at what the giants did in the first apocalypse, they literally paraded humankind to the edge of the abyss in terms of the oblivion as being wiped out so that they could not be raised above angels in the future time and could not judge the angels for their crimes against creation and their crimes against humanity because the fallen angels do not want to see humankind raised to be above them or like them or to judge them and to show to God that they rebelled humankind as the angels did, in that it's God's fault, mm. not their fault. So they want to lead humankind into this absolute sort of destruction, and they don't want them there in the future time period because they look at us as inferior beings. And so the giants were created to do that, and then they show up again after the flood. So the, so, the giants were created by them? Yes. To kind of police the planet or what? Well, as, as we're told in the New Testament, is that we are fighting against, and as I think you alluded to, forces that are both visible and invisible. And so the visible forces are their spurious offspring, right? They're the ones that are created to carry out their will, to be their divine representatives on earth, and to control the governance and the religion and the complete educational and knowledge society. So when they usurp the kingships before the flood, they did so after the flood again. And then when you understand that there was a religion that they were worshiping, the you know, seven wandering stars, the pantheon of gods that people sort of understand, and that's the same pantheon around the world. It's the same root. That's, that's, that's an occult 
religion, right? It is. It's the mystical is, religion. That's funny. The seven points of light or the seven. Is that what you were saying right now? I said the seven wandering stars. Seven wandering that's stars. That's the seven planets that you see, whether it's, okay. it's the sun and the moon and Mercury and Venus and Saturn let, let and me, Jupiter. Let me, let me take you back to the Noah's flood real quick, because sure. wasn't that from the wrath of God? And didn't that wasn't that supposed to eliminate or get rid of the giants on the land? Am I even close there? You, you know, the thing is, when people sort of overextend what the Bible says, I'm not saying okay. that you are, because okay. that's a question that most people ask. Yeah, it's just a question. You start, you start to run into a little bit of trouble. So if you take sort of a step back and understand that God is Alpha Omega, he knows the beginning from the end, and he's allowing things to play out through free choice, just as angels were, record, were created immortal before creation was even done, the physical universe, that they had intimate knowledge with God, but they were still permitted to follow God or not. And that's what's playing out. So as you get the Adamites who are created, which are, as I said, the denouement and the resolution to the angelic rebellion, that's going to play out through free choice. In the fallen angels, even though they've already rebelled, they're permitted to continue to rebel, and they control the world, just as Satan is the prince of this world, and the angels that are underneath in the organizational structure of the Council of the Gods, and as set out in Deuteronomy 32, govern this world for a time, and that they hold the whole organizational structure as well, which I'll come back to again so that people sort of understand, but I'm going to finish with your question first, is that um, you have free choice being played. So Adam and Eve are permitted to be deceived by Satan as part of the first revenge. Uh, and then Satan is going to create or have the fallen angels who are following them create the Nephilim mm. to usurp the kingships and parade people into, into destruction. And they're looking at that as that's going to be the end of it. But God already knew all of this was going to happen. Just as he knows giants are going to be around after the flood because it's got to all be played out so that all the names of the that were written in the book of life before creation are fulfilled and there's an ordained time that this will be filled out or, or played out so when you look at what they did they corrupted the whole earth they corrupted the earth with the religion which is that mystical religion created by enoch son of cain which and merged are- with the knowledge of angels that is part of the organizational structure of the antediluvian world that merges again, starting with Babel, with that same religion, and the giants taking over the kingships after Babel, that is the organizational structure that controls the religion, it controls the government, it controls the army, it controls the schools, it controls everything. So they have had that feudal system in place ever since the Nephilim were first created and second created, in my opinion, that control this information. Now, I want to get this point in because I'll probably forget about it, is they corrupted the whole earth. That mean, That's the Hebrew word shakat. That means more than just violence and godlessness. The whole earth was corrupted. That means the plant genomes, and that means the DNA of humans and of all the animals. And it starts to answer why God called the animals to the ark because he knew the ones that weren't corrupted uh, and that word chakot means decay ruin destroy degrade so all of those words that is the manipulation of, of dna that was taking place and he knew the eight that were pure both physically and spiritually to start the earth and he also knew that the fallen angels would ensure one way or another whatever someone's position is is how they show up after the flood that they would be around to do the same thing again, but that's resolved for a period of time with the dispersion of the nations and the confusion of the languages, which won't come back until the new Babel of the universal religion in the end time. And so we need to sort of understand that they had a technology that we haven't caught up to yet, just starting to catch up to it. That's the knowledge of the seven sacred sciences developed by Enoch, son of Cain, and there's two Enochs in the Bible, one son of Cain, one son of Jared, the Sethian side. One's evil, one's not, okay. uh, just so people understand what I'm talking about. And he developed the knowledge that Cain was taught by Adam 
who learned it from God in Eden to run this massive agricultural complex that stretches for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles and separates it into the seven sciences that we know as the seven liberal arts today and then merges with the knowledge of the gods and polytheism and or the fallen angels in Enoch that explode this knowledge to a level that was able to just to manipulate DNA and plant genomes to a level that we're just coming to today, which is why you have the days of Noah as part of the signs that Jesus provided. So what we're seeing today with where we're headed, where, where they're trying to take is the occult. This is thousands and thousands of years old. And this goes into the secret societies, like what people would yeah. call the Illuminati, right? Yeah. yeah. And what people don't understand is, is that there's a, hierarchy to the secret societies that is immense and we only see the activity of the lower levels so when we talk about freemasonry that's kind of the lowest level of the initiated there are lower secret societies that answer up to freemasonry but you go beyond the illuminati you go beyond the rosicrucians you go on into the royal masonic societies and these royal masonic societies are the royals. These are the elite. These are the bloodlines and the genealogies that they keep. And they take, according to the Polychronicon and the legends of Freemasonry, they take their ancient masonry of the royals back to not only Babel and Nimrod, but before the flood. So their patriarchs, as they write about in their history, are Cain and Enoch. And Enoch is the one who creates their religion and creates the secret societies because the development of those seven sacred sciences and the knowledge that comes from the fallen angels is now parted and disciplined into the mystical religion, which is a knowledge cult and initiation and learning the secrets, and then into the mystery schools and the initiation and the degrees, just like we have degrees in education today to learn about um, the world in a perverted, one-sided, biased sort of way, and to develop those. And from there came the secret societies. And so you have the, those three components that are part of the antediluvian organizational structure, and then the post-diluvian organizational structure. And when we look at why that's important to, to, to understand is, is that this is the same organizational structure that's with us today. And they want to bring about the uh, new world order, but in a reincarnated sort of format of the beast empires. So now we need to understand who those beast empires are. We know who the Babylon religion is. It's the mystery religion that the secret society say cross the flood that is found by Hermes because all the location to the knowledge and the religion is buried under the pyramid in seven vaults with 36,525 books as the writings go. And Hermes finds one of the pillars, the one that floats, supposedly one that couldn't be destroyed by fire. So, so they were protecting it from an apocalypse of fire and or uh, water. And he finds this pillar, gets the directions, goes to Egypt, uh, unburies from under the Great Pyramid all of this knowledge and religion and brings it back to Nimrod, who is the first grand master in the occult and writes the first constitution for the Masonic Society after the flood. And so when we look at how that affects the ancient world, we have that religion developed at Babel, which is the allegory for Babylon in the end time, but it's the beast empires. So as I said earlier, the Raphaim is the Giants are called after the flood. And we can explain that. Is, is, does this go want. These are the kings that start the great empires. Does this go so whether or not it is, I'll just finish here, whether or not it is uh, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, or Rome, these are the beast empires, as they're called. They're the beast Nephilim bloodline kings that are going to re- occur with the revived Roman Empire of the Ten Kings in the end time that's going to work with the universal religion. So that organizational structure is coming about in the bloodlines of the Antichrist. He's going to present a pedigree of that genealogy. Does this coincide with like today, what's happening today? They're resurrecting the temples of Baal and all the things that they're rebuilding. Yeah. 
That's the that's they're it's, in the they're they're in the end time. They're in the fruition of their plan now, right? They're in the preparation period. They've been trying to bring on the end time all along. And what happens is they get frustrated. Things don't happen the way they want because there's an ordained period of time, and God is going to ha- uh, let it happen when He removes His restrainer. And Michael's job, who fights against the empires, as talked about in Daniel, he's fighting against Persia at that time in the vision, and then he's going to go on and fight against Greece. It's not his role to prevent the beast empires from coming. It's his role to prevent those beast empires from permitting an antichrist figure to take control. And that the spirit of the beast, as we learn in the New Testament, it has been with us all along and it's always lurking and it's always looking for that antichrist figure to take over and bring about the end time. Do you think there's any, um, do you think the CERN project has anything to do with any of this? Well, it's always, everything's always connected. Yeah. And uh, CERN is a very interesting project and there's two things that they're looking for at CERN. One is, is they're looking for the atma particle, which is some people call the God particle, but means something different. So there's a double entendre going there. And that's a particle that comes out of um, the up and chads and the brig betas. It's spelled A-T-M-A and A-T-M-A-N if people Google it. And it is an invisible particle that, that holds all of the knowledge of the universe that will send that knowledge through the particles, it merges through quantum entanglement throughout the universe instantaneously all the time. They want to find that and tap into it for the end time. And when you look at CERN, what they're also looking for is how do they search for these things interdimensionally? So they're marrying AI and quantum computing and quantum computing, the pioneers uh, stated, if you didn't understand the up and shads, you couldn't understand quantum computing to look for that atma particle. But they, I think they were also trying to look, see how they could find the abyss located in the underworld or Hades or the netherworld or Sheol, whatever you want to call it. But it's the prison within that abyss that's located, for the most part, described within the earth, but in another dimension. So they need AI and quantum computing to search for that, to let out those creatures that are shown in Revelation 9 who are the fallen angels who committed the sins in the time of Noah. And probably if there was a recreation after the flood, in a second incursion, they would go there as well. And the worst of the Nephilim are there too. The worst of the Raphaim, because Ezekiel 32 talks about these cells that are alongside of the abyss, that are the terrible ones, that are not the angels, these are the ones who are slain and did terrible things to humankind while on earth. These are the divine representatives. This is Pharaoh being talked to from these spirits that are that are in the abyss. And so this is what's going to be released just before the midpoint of the last seven years. And that we're going to have all the fallen angels, all of the demons with us at that time so that you can have this war in heaven that they're going to assault heaven, and then all of them are going to be exiled back down to the earth for the last three and a half years. So we're going to be among them. They will walk among us again, because it will be like the days of Noah. It's kind of funny, like when I was watching the Travis Scott concert, and to me that was just an an enormous ritual. Um, And did you, you know what I'm talking about, the Travis Scott, yeah, where everyone died. And you saw in some videos entities within the crowd. I don't know if they were photoshopped or how they did that i don't know why they did it but to me it looked very real it almost seems like now they're coming into our reality into our dimension am i right in saying that well and they've been there's been a number of them here all along not all the fallen angels went to the abyss not all of the nephilim went to the abyss so only the worst ones and the ones who created the crimes against humanity and the crimes against uh, creation and so there's been fallen angels who have been here all along and there's demons that Jesus dealt with that are called devil spirits that are goes doesn't go back to Diablos as the devil for Satan goes back to Daemon, demon. Uh, these are the demon spirits that aren't in the abyss. And they're afraid that Jesus is going to send them to the lake of fire or to the abyss before their time. And so we've got these 
spirits that are here that are deceiving. You also have fallen angels that are here that are deceiving. And we may even have, and this is my speculation, we may even have some of their other violations against creation here at the same time, which show up as the alien phenomena. And okay, so, that, that was my next question is, where do the aliens fit into all this? And what's your thoughts on... <laughs> And this might be a stupid question to you, but my audience needs to hear this about the flat earth and space and all that. I mean, extraterrestrials, are they demons? Are they from other planets? I think they come from different dimensions. So Dimensions. Uh, yeah. And so you hear so much about portals and coming out of the oceans and out of certain places where uh, the UFOs come from. I think they're coming from portals from a different dimension as opposed to other planets. And it just sort of makes more sense with polytheist history and beliefs and from a Christian belief. And I think that you have several groups of these aliens and they're going to need a story to deceive people as to who these aliens are. So they're going to be this galactic, people that are fighting against this evil force in the universe just like it's talked about well, in well, Doctor we, Strange, we, where they want a realm of their own and to live away from this this evil god so there's different groups that we can talk about if you want to go there yeah i would like to because i'm i'm, I'm curious because there's a lot out on the internet right now talking about uh this uh you know the ufos and people you know you see fox news cnn reporting on on ufos now and it's almost like they're conditioning and preparing the public for an alien invasion or yeah. an alien threat that goes yeah. along with everything you're saying it does and typically what happens and in the writings that they would give us like in science fiction and that the world will come together right and it'll come together in this babel like religion so and, and that's because science as we understand it today, isn't objective. It's a byproduct of polytheism. And it's designed to lead people away from God. It's designed to not give God credit for anything. It's designed to degrade God. And it's designed to honor their pantheon of gods. So right from the beginning, it did that. And since the Royal Society was created by the Rosicrucians and the Freemasons in 1662, science and education still answers to it. They called themselves the last of the sorcerers and the first of the scientists. And it's a polytheist guided thing. That's why they won't consider anything that is of intelligent design of any sort or anything like that. It's all designed to be dominated by polytheist doctrine in, in, in the background. And so when we look at if you're worried about the future, you're not the only one. Right now, there's an overwhelming surge of Americans who are stocking up on emergency food. Should you be one of them? Ask yourself. Do you currently have enough food on hand to get you and your family through a prolonged crisis that lasts months? If not, you should strongly consider getting a three-months emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company. And they've served millions of American families. Right now, save 100 off their best-selling three-month emergency food kit, which comes with breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. This kit gives you over 2,000 calories a day, and the food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage. But if you act now, you, may not, you, may, you might not secure these kits. Head over to preparewithdnr.com and claim your three-month emergency food kit as this special price. You'll save $100 per kit, but you must act today while supplies last. That's preparewithdnr.com. The different kinds of these beings, we start to get some sort of commonalities in there because... These are beings that are typically kind of seen in the occult entertainment and the occult history. So you've got angels that can take any form that they want. And we know that because when they show up in the Bible, they take many different forms, whether or not they're men that look like men that people don't recognize, whether or not they're men that people recognize as angels and these giant sort of angels and these bright shining and all sorts of different descriptions. And we have descriptions of the seraphim as being serpent faced angels and have all sorts of different forms, forms that they, that they can take in the physical world to, to, to interact. So they can take some forms. 
demons can take some forms if they have something called an oiketarian. And that is a dwelling place for the spirit. That comes up from the word habitat in the New Testament in Jude 1.6, where the angels left their habitation. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets, NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. They left their dwelling place, and you get that word one other time in Corinthians uh, with the house in heaven in Second Corinthians 5, and that's Oiketarian. And so you have a body, soul, and a spirit as a human. And so interact in the world, you need a body and a soul, and the spirit comes from heaven. And so fallen angels and demons need a soul and a body to interact. So demons have to possess to interact, but it's not symbiotic, right? I would, that's I always why thought hearing so soul, much about the avatar. I always thought the soul and the spirit were the same thing. You're saying it's two different things? Soul is from the physical world. Okay. And it's the same thing that would be uh, in uh, with uh, with animals and the body, but it's the spirit that sort of is the operating sort of program that comes from heaven that is different. So there's the three, and and and, and people believe there's only a soul and a body because they What's... throw out the verses in the Bible and they listen to the wisdom of the world that only talks about the soul and the body because they can't provide immortality in the spirit realm they don't have control over that so they're going to try and offer immortality and godhood in the physical world and so demons would have to take some sort of body but that's not been able to been created for them yet so they're still would that go with alien abductions abductions is that that what they're trying to succeed at is that where the alien abductions come in that's part of it for sure and for other possible creations of the fallen angels. So if we look at polytheism, we get all of these little people of fairies and things of all sorts, different sorts. We see reptilian types of people. Um, And we also have some crossover of that into the, uh, into, into the Bible where you have the Damadine, which are uh, warriors in the time of Nebuchadnezzar after the flood that are uh, go back to the Hebrew word, Gamad, which may, would make them 18 inches or less, a cubit or less, in terms of size that are fighting. So we have an indication that there might be some of those people, but we also get the elementals uh, in the New Testament. And these aren't just the elements of the world. There's two different applications as you take that back to Greek. These are the ruling elementals. They're part of the organizational structure of the occult. They're the bottom level. And the elementals contain four categories. One is higher up than the lower three, and they're called the salamanders. And these are reptilian type beings, maybe the cash-like beings for all we know. Uh, The serpent in Eden that I'm talking about that may have been some saved uh, by, by, by the fallen angels. We don't know, but there's a classification and they're taller and they're taller than humans too. And they have more authority, but they're still part of the alien mythos, the reptilians. Then you have these little people and one of them i'll just focus on without getting into too much detail you have three classifications of elementals and one are good looking ones ones are like mischievous ones like leprechauns and then you got the ugly ones like the hobbits and the trolls and the gnomes and within that that group there's one group that controls and and safeguards the technology the knowledge and uses flying machines that come through fairy portals or fairy domens or fairy shades or fairy mounds that are yes and these are the they're called the gray gnomes and they're the gray neighbors in scotland and they kidnap people for a fortnight for 14 nights they do sexual experimentation on them and then they release them back 
in, in most cases to their people and they don't have any memories. So the only way you can get at those memories is through hypnotism and things like that. And they are described exactly like the greys in the alien mythos. So if they did create these creatures before the flood as part of their um, violations against creation and polytheism is loaded with all of these creatures that were created, they either saved some of them to survive the flood, like the Nephilim, as survival theory would go for Nephilim, or there was a second incursion where they did all of this again after the flood. For me, I fall, I, 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 I'm open to both, but I lean heavily towards a second incursion of all of these creatures that have been living in different dimensions, in the earth, you name it where the fallen angels could keep them protected and alive trying to bring about the ability to have a showdown with the God of the universe again. Where does Darwinism fit into all this? Like, is that just a, is it, would you say that's just made up evolution? Yeah. It's, they know it's impossible. They know it's mathematically impossible. And it's, takes there's too many holes in it. I've seen, there's too, too many, many holes in the Darwinism. Yeah, it's mathematically impossible. That means to too- begin with. So, if you go back to those four principles of what the seven sciences are designed to do, it's to lead people away from God and to degrade God and not into this new religion, the new religion, into this this new belief system, because anything that leads people away from God opens them up to being manipulated to other ideas down the road. Would this new age movement also be a part of that? This is important. This new age movement where aliens and this and, Yes. Uh, psychics and tarot card readers is that part of this right. Luciferian so it, agenda yeah here's how you can connect it modern times the religion of the secret societies which are again bloodline genealogically based and controlled by the higher masonic societies up the tree trunk hierarchy and their religion is gnosticism and a global gnosticism where they want to reunite all of the polytheist religions they created another religion because they thought that they were getting into the end time period and they wanted this religion to be the religion that Francis Bacon talked about in the New Atlantis, which they're trying to create with 10 Nephilim kings, as in the 10 kings of Daniel and the 10 kings of Revelation for the end time empire that would have a merging of the religious organization and the science as one again, as it was in Atlantis. And so they created a religion called Theosophy. You're familiar with that one. It's a very famous religion. And it also had one that went rogue, but is a version of Theosophy that's called Ariosophy that created the end time Nazi archetypical thing that we can look at, or at least a comparative to what the end time might look at. And then from there, with the, with the resurgent of the aliens, and probably more our capability to track them, the technologies developed throughout World War II, that then merges into the New Age. The New Age is an extension of theosophy, which is an extension of Gnosticism, which is Enochian mysticism. Got it. Let let me ask you this. Like, people can go outside today and they're like, okay, so where's the giants? We don't see them. I mean, you can go out and look around. How do, what happens to archaeologists that uncover these giants that are out there? I've heard they're being threatened. They get... They, they disappear. What happens to these archaeologists that start uncovering the earth and find a skull that's 20 times the size of a man? Well, where do these archaeologists go? How do they get right. shut down? So there's a site that you can go to that's called Old Newspaper uh, Articles. And I can send people the link and it'll have all of these links to articles of giants being found from about 1850 to about 1950 in North America. We'll just focus on that. And two things happen with it when the discoveries happen, as you, as you trace those paper trails back, is that they either go to a local university and then to the Smithsonian, or they go directly to the Smithsonian, and then no record is found of them ever since. And the Smithsonian is your typical polytheist control agency, if I can put it that way, because if you take it back, is like, who was who James Smithson? He was an Englishman who left his inheritance to Freemasons and secret societies, people who were senators, congressmen, and presidents to create the Smithsonian. And he was a Royal Society member. 
who's a royal, what's the Royal Society? It's created as this initiation secret society that controls science created by Rosicrucians and the Freemasons who called themselves the last of the sorcerers and the first of the scientists who are controlling this information so that they can use it in a way that um, still keeps them in power and they can utilize it again for the background, but not to tip the hand because understand that they've controlled education throughout history. They don't want people as they get more educated to know that they keep their genealogies that go back into the mists of time to their parent Raphaim, Nephilim, and fallen angel. So these these schools are basically indoctrination camps. Everything your child, when your child is going to school, they're learning everything that's wrong. I remember I was listening to, a, I think, a Dr. Lloyd Pye. Are you familiar with Dr. Lloyd Pye? No, Andrew Lepite. Well, he talked everything you know is wrong, and it was like this history, the crash course history lesson that I that I watched on YouTube, basically talking about the giants and things that you're talking about. Um, so basically, children that go to school, these are indoctrination camps, purposely teaching him everything wrong, right? Well, they're they're giving they do a mix of accurate information with disinformation. So I guess it'd be more misinformation because. Not everything they teach is wrong. Like when you do math, that's right. right. And it's not that knowledge is evil, because it's not. It's how it's used. It can be used for evil or it can be used for good. But typically, the polytheists are using this, who control the world, are using it for their agenda and their purposes and obviously for evil. So they're given stuff that gives them a sense of, of trust, and reliability, but in, in the meantime, are being fed the doctrines of fallen angels and Satan yeah. that are guiding the understanding of that knowledge. So, so where are the giants today? People go outside and I see them. Yeah. I don't know. Are they all playing for the NBA? <laughs> where are the giants? I don't see them. I mean, I yeah. see seven footers on the, on the basketball court, but I mean, like, where would the giants be today? Are they off the planet? Are they on another planet? Are they in another dimension? Are they underground in deep underground military bases? Where are these giants? So we have to look at it in a couple of different buckets. Um, one is all of sort of the above that you're talking about. Um, so that if we are going to be like the days of Noah in the last generation, we're going to see actual giants again. And that's a, it's a distinct possibility whether or not they're created within this generation or they survive somehow some way in the earth off the earth in stasis you name it hiding in mountains and you've heard all of them i would say that's a possibility um but from how we look at how history rolls out we have the descendants of the giants and that they had uh from at least after the flood a significant issue with reproduction and in fact, in the Ugaritic texts, for example, they are uh, the Raphaim or the Rapiu, as they're called. There, they're doing fertility ritual issues and asking for Baal to return because he can't be found at this point. It's probably in the abyss for creating the Raphaim after the flood, and they, they want him to create more giants because they're having trouble reproducing. The second issue is is that within that cult within that culture of the cult is that they want to intermarry to keep their bloodlines pure just as the royals have done all throughout history so that they can maintain the divine right to rule from the council of gods the balim of mount hermon um, as having their genealogy that goes back to those gods as, as the representatives and the divine right to rule as king james liked to assert and so you have um <clears throat> This issue where they're going to have to marry less pure blood, so let's say hybrid humans that they've created, as in the patriarchless Canaanites of the nine families of the 12 tribes of Canaan. Um, and the reason why I say that is because the 70 nations after the flood are all listed in the table of nations in Genesis 10 and 1 Chronicles with their patriarch's name but you have nine that aren't listed there. The other two scenarios that we would get would be Rafa and Arba. Rafa for the Raphaim, Arba, who is the patriarch, as he said in Book of Joshua, to be the, the patriarch for the Anakim, 
are confused with the Nephilim in Numbers 1333 because they're called giants in Deuteronomy 2, which goes back to the word Raphaim. Now, um, <clears throat> these, uh, these giants would have to intermarry to not have blood diseases, right? Like hemophiliac disease, or what we would know from a modern royal uh, who were not bringing in enough outside bloodlines, Habsburg jaw. And you can wow. Google that and see what that looks like. Okay. And so as you continue to bring in lower level of purity, you create two things. One is, is that you create an internal hierarchical structure of scion bloodlines, grafted in bloodlines of outside, uh, but still Raphaim bloodlines and a mix of hybrid ones. So the purer your genealogies are, are the further you are in the hierarchy of the royals. And notice that royal ends in AL, which is EL as a transliteration, as it would be seen in Mesopotamian languages. It's the kings of God, the kings of the fallen angels, the divine representatives. And so they had to continue to intermarry. And if you understand that the watchers, um, there are different kinds of watchers, like the Anunnaki who would go back to the cherubim with one of the faces of the cherubim and who would create Tengu type of warriors, which are the bird-like giants or the Kamazots or the Zabalba that come out of the Popoldu and, and the Kishimaya. And Kamazots, if you Google that, you're going to see like a Batman outfit. They'll give you a picture of that. <laughs> uh, and the Seraphim angels who I mentioned, which are serpent-faced angels uh, who are the gods. That's why you have so many of the gods who are ruling that were serpents, whether or not it was uh, Zeus or Osiris or Anki or Onlil. The, or the demigods, Naga, demigods. Or the, no, these are gods, not okay, demigods. Gods, demigods okay. are an offspring of the gods. Of demigods the are the offspring from the gods. Yes. Okay, that's right. Right. So, and, and it's defined as that in polytheism. Offspring okay. of a god and a human female. So my so question is, human. my question so, is, the fallen angels so, that have came. Okay, hold, I, I, let me ahead. finish on why, go why ahead, you go can't ahead. see go them go today. Sorry. I know I get off in a lot of. No, it's okay. Trails, it's but, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so they're intermarrying, and if you want to look at one that would have looked like a seraphim angel, because it would have taken on the looks of their parents, and the and the seraphim were the watchers talked about in Daniel four, who control government and religion sent down from God. These are loyal ones. These are considered to be the watchers who are the Anunnaki, which are the cherubim. So part of the same group, because you have Ophanim, cherub, uh, uh, Ophanim uh, cherubim, seraphim, uh, seraphim, and archangels as watchers. The, the sons of God in Genesis 6 are the seraphim watchers, right? And they produce offspring who look just like them. So if you want to Google Akhenaten, for example, which is, say, 1,500 years after the flood, you're still going to get this serpentine look. You're going to see this long protruding chin. You're going to see these high cheekbones or these large wraparound eyes. And their eyes were said to light up a room because they're called the shining ones. And these elongated skulls that they're losing, but they're losing their size and they're losing those features with more intermarriage wow. over time. Oh, they're losing their power story, in a sense. They're losing their power. And so you roll that forward to the new man of the Nazis who believed that they were the Aryan descendants of Atlantis through Tartarus. Okay. Um, called the Aryans and the blonde haired blue eyed ones of also known as the Tuatha Do the, Or the Nordics. Yep. Same, same group of people. Uh, and they take their uh, occult history back to Thule, which is, which is like a Atlantean um, equivalent could be a separate one could be Asgard, uh, but it's an antediluvian world of giants that they call the Aryans, and they're trying to backwards engineer through bloodlines that recreation of the giants and trying to create the new man. The new man is the new Nephilim. And it's always part of that organizational structure of what they want to do to bring about. So you had a polytheist religion with the Rice Church, with the Nazis. Uh, you have the Antichrist type figure uh, with. Hitler, you have the polytheist religion that's like Babylon, only it's gone rogue from theosophy to put in real and grail ideology in it and be more Norse driven. And 
they're trying to create the Fourth Reich, which is a thousand year reign. Right, they're trying to create the new millennium, just like Antichrist will. New world order. That all that all ties into the same thing. Yeah. So, the one thing I'm confused about is like the fallen angels that took they found man to be or man's women to be beautiful, and they are the fallen angels giants. Were the fallen angels giants, or did they create giants? They created giants. So, and there's and and people will conflate the two terms all of the time and i understand why but they're not quite being as accurate or consistent with whether it's out of the bible or it is through polytheist culture so let's use the anunnaki uh, as an example you have the the heavenly anunnaki sometimes called a gigi or gigi um, and you also and they're also called watchers in sumerian history and you have the earthborn ones the ones that they created as their offspring the demigods also called the same thing so you have the anunnaki of heaven and the anunnaki of earth you have the watchers of heaven the watchers of earth go over to the greek mythology you have the titans you have the titans that are gods like zeus and Kronos, which is the parent god race and then you have the offspring um, of them which are people like hercules theseus perseus and atlas and particularly Atlas is, is, is a good one because he's the offspring of Poseidon, who's the king of the, new Atl- of the old Atlantis that they like to role model their new age after. And he is called a titan as well as a hero, right? So roll that forward to the Bible. The Nephilim are the giants, is the root word for giant in Genesis 6, 4. In Numbers thirteen thirty three, all the other words where you see giant, except for one that's uh, that's in the Book of Job, that one goes back to Gibbering. The other ones go back to Rephite. So in Genesis six four, you have the the, the Nephilim, which is the, the plural form of Nephil, which means a bully tribe of giant warrior, and it's rooted in a word that's. That is pronounced Nafal and transliterated in English as N P H A L. And the plural would be Nephilim. So you have Nephilim and Nephilim. And the Nephilim are the ones who are um, the fallen ones, as they're described, as you take that back to the definition. So the words are related, but they're different. So the Nephilim, the fallen ones, the fallen angels, are the Shemaim, the heavenly ones, just as. The word uh, men of renown goes back to Shem and Shema and Shemaim of the heavenly ones. So the Nephilim uh, were the sons of the fallen angels who are the mighty ones um, and, you know, offspring of the Shemaim. So they're two distinct groups and people want to conflate them, but they're different. Just because you have a root word for an, another word doesn't mean they're exactly the same meaning. It has some connections, but it is a word that's been recreated or created from the root word to describe something different. And so it's an extension or an offspring of the Nephilim. Got you. And, you know, when I look at, you know, the, the pharaohs uh, back in the Egyptian times, and, and you look at their the, pic, the, the depictions of them, and you see them, they had like a, uh, uh, of the pharaohs, even the men had these elongated skulls. Yeah. They, had these, they had these, like, they, it almost looked like a hybrid. Like they had a woman type of body with some kind of man's features. Like, but would you say that all the pharaohs in Egypt, or at least in a certain time, were from other dimensions or they were the blood, they were these creatures? I mean, what we're looking at, you know, there's so many arguments of what were they, Middle Eastern, black, what were they? Would you say no, they were actually not of this world? Yeah, they were angelic human hybrids and, you know, they reproduced not very well over time uh, and they had to introduce human blood. Uh, so, yeah, you could call them aliens because they're they're a demigod. They're an offspring of the gods and, and, a, and, a, and a human female and that they did have these elongated skulls. And, you know, it's interesting that um, Ham is the people who would have settled North Africa. Uh, after Babel with uh, Mizram, and Mizram is, is, the, is the patriarch for the Egyptians biblically. 
and that you also get in the War of Giants in Genesis 14, the Zuzim of Ham. And you get a branch of the Zuzim, which seems to be the Zamzuzim that lived in the Jordan area, along with the Emim, which were also giants. And so one wonders whether or not it is, and, and in my new book that I'm writing, I'll also connect the Kadmonim, which are the also a group that were involved in Egypt and the Zuzim, which were probably originally the kings that were there. And then they would have started intermarrying with the giants of other empires um, within the Middle East. So you would have had, you know, uh, ones in, in, in Syria and ones in Mesopotamia where they'd be exchanging daughters to, um, to, to intermarry. So yeah, they were giants and uh, they had these elongated skulls, but you get that same look throughout the Middle East with the large helmets that they usually wore to cover them. And you get a description that's common throughout Egypt and throughout the Middle East of these kings of not only being serpentine type beings, and they're called snakes and serpents in Mesopotamia, both before and after the flood. And you have all this serpentine imagery that goes along with, 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 the, uh, with the Egyptians, but they're all just also described as, as very pale skin and with blonde hair or red hair, with blue eyes or hazel eyes. And the most common ones in the Middle East were the red hair and hazel eyed ones. That's incredible. I mean, I could have segment after segment after segment with you on here. Um, could you show people your book? I, I see it's right behind you right there. The Genesis six. Yeah. And where, and where can people, over. Yeah. where can people, wow, that's a big, thick book. Where can people, yeah. where can people get this? You can get it through my website at the uh, Genesis six conspiracy.com. That's the Genesis six, the number six conspiracy.com. And on it, you'll see a generous excerpt of all 98 chapters. So you're going to get a good feel for whether or not it's the right book for you. And if you go through the table of contents, you're probably going to want to buy the book. But it is not it's not one of those books you can speed read because it is loaded with information in every sentence and it doesn't stop until the book is finished. So you can't speed read it. But it's written in um, a format that every chapter is a story within a story that leads into the next chapter and will keep coming up as the the book unfolds. And uh, you can buy a signed copy from me off the website. You can also link over to Amazon.com and over to Kindle to get the digital version. You can also link over to barnesandnoble.com and pick it up there. If you want to Google it online from an online bookstore, you're going to find it and you can buy it there. If you want to support your local bookstore, which I, I certainly encourage, they probably don't have it on the shelf for a small bookstore, but my book is distributed by bookmasters out of Pennsylvania, so they can order it in for you. This is incredible. Are you willing to come on for some more segments? I mean, this is fascinating to me. I have so many more questions to ask you. <laughs> Uh, but I have to get on with Mel K right now at 12. Yeah. So I have to yeah. cut this a little bit. I have so much more to talk about. Would you be willing to come on again? Maybe Absolutely. Once every couple of weeks. Yeah, we could uh, just a matter of scheduling. Okay. So probably starting in February and January is pretty much full, uh, okay. but I have some dates open in February. We can get together, get together on that. But yes, I would come back because a lot of these subjects, there's just so many things we could be talking about, but the audience isn't ready for it. They need to have uh, the overview sort of thing that we've been doing. Right. Today. I wanted to get so. into um, the Peruvian elongated skulls that were unearthed and, and all that type yeah. of stuff. Those are, that's really what's got me fascinating. So there's so many more topics. I want to cover. hair. Yes. Yes. But thank you. Um, I appreciate it, uh, Gary. Uh, I will be premiering this tonight on YouTube and then tomorrow. And then it'll also be on Nino's corner.tv. Thank you for joining me. Terrific. Thank you. God bless you, sir. If you're worried about the future, you're not the only one. Right now, there's an overwhelming surge of Americans who are stocking up on emergency food. Should you be one of them? Ask yourself, do you currently have enough food on hand to get you and your family through a prolonged crisis that lasts months? If not, you should strongly consider getting a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company and they've served millions of American families. Right now, save 100 off their best-selling three-month emergency food kit, which comes with breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. 
This kit gives you over 2,000 calories a day, and the food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage. But if you act now, you may not, you may, you might not secure these kits. Head over to preparewithdnr.com and claim your three-month emergency food kit as this special price. You'll save $100 per kit, but you must act today while supplies last. That's preparewithdnr.com.